0: Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be on board talking hockey once again with you today. State of the Wild 2016, it is here upon us. Great to be on board to talk kind of the season in review and such. So let's get on with it. We'll be talking today about the well about the draft and free agency kind of preview going into the second segment, fan interaction and such. And we'll hear what you guys have to say about the uh, the Wild's uh, MVP, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise of the season. But uh, for right now, you'll hear mine at least at the end of this segment. Generally, this is a season wrap up. We're going to put a green and red bow on the season. So shall we get started? The season in review. Well. Things started off kind of funny despite some off-ice strife with Parisian uh, Parisian Suter <laughs> practicing on the power play with Adam Oates during the summer behind Joe's back, which which drew the ire of Mike Yo in a big way. Things actually started fairly strong. I mean, he had Jack Parisi open things up with a hat trick. That was pretty cool. Devin Dubnik was kind of hot and cold. You know how that goes. But the Wild had wins against St. Louis, Chicago, and Anaheim, but unfortunately one of them was after after giving Bruce Boudreaux's club their first victory of the season a week earlier. Yeah, that was their first victory of the season after a really, really poor start the first two weeks of the year. The Anaheim Ducks were winless under Bruce Boudreaux. And somehow in the back of my mind, I had a feeling just maybe this, this, this illustrious coach of the Anaheim Ducks might get fired at some point. Maybe he might be an interesting coaching idea for the Wild. Huh. Huh, I wonder what made me think about that, but hmm, but uh, interesting, isn't it? Kind of interesting. In late November, it appeared the Wild would be in for their annual Mike Yo December slump. It, every single bleeping year, right? Even the first year around. But then again, you could kind of chalk that one up to an endless array of injuries as well. I mean, should we even go into it again? I mean, you have guys like Peters on your on your on your top line. Well, he wasn't on your top line, but he was one of your one of your main centers out there. I'm beginning to forget some of the names in that one. I mean, Kyle Brozak was your top-line center. Yeah, he had a career year of 44 points and everything, but he wasn't supposed to be that guy. I mean, you're of course you're going to get points. I mean, Jim Dowd had 40-some-point 40, 40 seasons as well because he was the top-line center on the Wild back in the day because they didn't really have any centers at the time. They really didn't have a whole lot of centers. They had a lot of good third-line guys like Jim Dowd, like <laughs> Wes Walls and such, but... Uh, you know you're kind of left you're kind of left hanging there ultimately in the uh the whole top 6 department there uh the december slump didn't actually happen this time at least it didn't happen in december despite some inconsistency some hot and cold play you had ups and downs and but the script writers though ultimately they were just a little late that's all they're just a little late because it was a january slump this time 2016 brought a 3 7 and 3 january month of january including Inexplicable losses to New Jersey and Buffalo, which proved to be the point of no return, highlighted by the infamous Adam Oates practice with crazy and suitor. Rear the the whole thing reared its ugly head before that Buffalo game. Kinda got things going. The Wild Trail 3 nothing in that game. How can you forget that one, really, if you're a big wild fan? 3 nothing, then they made a furious comeback, whoa, that came up short. Yeah. But it was just like unbelievable how things got started in 2016, you just had a feeling, maybe, is this it this time, do they they finally mean it, all these rumors and such, February ultimately would be that death nail for Mike Yeo as coach, because the Wild went 0-5-1, compiling an incredible 3-12-1 stretch in 2016, at that stage anyway, a 4-2 heartless, gutless, passionless, Soulless loss to a not so great Boston Bruins team in XL Energy Center was the end of the line. As the rumors proved to be accurate, as an angry and saddened Chuck Fletcher pulled the plug on his close friend. I mean, it was a, it was a sad day for Chuck Fletcher. He even said, "Is there any? Would you be willing to have a beer with an old friend? Just one more, you know? Just like, would you be willing to have a beer with me?" And this is right after he had said, "You're, you're gone. You're, you are you are gone you you can not be. You know, we have to make a move no matter what." It's not like we can get Jonathan Drouin or anything. That was the rumors during the course of the season as well. Jonathan Drouin, all these rumors about the Wild trading for him. Uh, would, it, would it be a Dumba? Would it be a Scandella? Would it be a Jonas Brodeen? But they never happened. And as well as Jonathan Drouin played in the postseason, you almost kind of wish the Wild made some type of move. But God only knows what those Tampa Bay Lightning were, were uh, asking for, for Jonathan Drouin, despite the fact the guy was just being a malcontent and holding out, wouldn't even show up. And then it wouldn't even show up when he was sent down and such. It's like, you know what? Come on. Come on, man. A Sugar High. Well that Sugar High was on with an energetic John Torchetti. John Torchetti coming in to coach the wild, you know. You got a Pominer, you got you got Hola, Eric Hola over here, you got uh you got Zach Parisi, you know, you gotta show some passion out there. You Ryan Suda, you know. Okay, I'm just kidding. I love the accent. He has a Boston accent with a little bit of Canadian mixed in. Because he probably coached in Canada for like a trillion years over the course of his over the course of his hockey coaching uh, liferism, if that's even a word, he took over the reins as the Wild miraculously, miraculously remembered how to play for a for a stretch there. Notice there's a sugar high, sugar high folks, sugar high. What happens to sugar highs? Well, they're incredible, and I mean they're incredible. Sometimes they last a little while, but when they wear out, they wear out. And uh, it just is what it is. But uh, but for the time being, hey, let's slow down here. Slicing, the Wild were slicing through opponents, man, like like warm butter. They were just slicing through them. A 6-1 to demolition over the hated Chicago Blackhawks and TCF Bank Stadium and that stadium series deal. The likes of Jason Pominville and Jason Zucker, going insane in that game, even Thomas Vanek scoring a goal, ooh, and yes, Thomas Vanek and Ryan Suter, and Miku Koi was started the season out crazy, they were leading the team in scoring, it was a beautiful thing, but again, did you ever think that was really going to last, was it too good to be true? Of course it was too good to be true, I mean, come on, and I should have known better, getting all excited, oh, they're having career years, this is really awesome, man, yeah, yeah. Uh, but other guys who had been invisible for the time, for quite a while there, again, Eric Halla. But we'll talk about him in a bit. Uh, he hadn't really been invisible. He was more in the doghouse under Mike Yo. Uh, Nino Niederreiter had been invisible for the longest time. Really, really picked up the pace in a huge way under Torchetti. Was valuable in that game as well, among many others during that stretch. Uh, the Wild ultimately would finish February five and three under Torchetti. Despite there was a four-game win streak there, there was a losing streak ultimately at the end. There was kind of annoying, like what the hell, really. But five and three in February under the torch. 15-11-1 overall under the torch, <laughs> including a miserable finish to the season as the inconsistency returned. Ryan Suter had his issues with the second coach of the season. His second coach of the season, as uh, uh, Torchetti called him out for not going for the block in that Dallas series, and it ended up costing the Wild in a big way. And, of course, oh, Ryan Suter couldn't even mention Don John Torchetti's name at all and just acted like, oh, you know, it's up to the, up to the management. Like, if he thinks John Torchetti should be, could get a chance of being the head coach of the team, oh, you know, oh, uh, you know, uh, well, it's up to the management, not me. Mm. Yeah. Kind of as if you're, like, asking one of your hated coworkers, do you think they should be hired on? Like, maybe they're a temp and you don't like them very much, that type of thing? Yeah. I've kind of been there, actually. But, sorry, maybe I'm not, I don't want to be too much like Ryan Souter though. The Wild ultimately lost the Dallas series in six, Horrible start to it. The Wild played a lot better. And then they went eight ape- bleeping but couldn't win game six at home. It was kind of depressing. It was a shame. Just couldn't uh, couldn't handle the comeback. Couldn't complete the comeback. It was a beautiful thing at the time. But a lot like the sugar high under the torch, it just didn't last. It wasn't it just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately, John Torchetti ultimately was a candidate for the job and, and then there you had Randall Randy Carlisle, all that. We talked about that a couple of episodes ago two episodes ago. Seems like a lot longer because it's been a while. Ultimately, into kind of a gap in between episodes. But uh, Wild ultimately luck out when there we go again. I got. I hate when I say that Bruce, Bruce Boudreau deal. It's Bruce Boudreau. <laughs> it's not that hard to pronounce. It's just that they're similar and you can screw it up really easy. Bruce Boudreau ultimately getting fired by the Anaheim Ducks because they just could not win that seventh game against the Nashville Predators and doggone it. Despite going, despite missing the Stanley Cup Final last season and maybe winning this Stanley Cup Final last season with the Anaheim Ducks, just wasn't enough, baby. You, you you just can't you just can't lose a seven-game series to the National Predators. You're out of here, bub. And the Wild hired him within a week, and it was a beautiful thing. It's like, oh my God, there there it is. That little foreshadowing I had at the beginning of the season. Could I wonder if this guy is going to be available at the end of the year? Wouldn't that be or sometime during the season? Would the Wild make a move? Fire Mike Yo and hire the Boudreaux? Well, they made a move and it wasn't during the season. They fired Yo during the season, but Boudreaux ended up making that amazing comeback and the Ducks still won their division. I just can't even believe the Ducks won their division despite such an unbelievably horrible start. They couldn't score a goal for their life. And then they started kicking everyone's butt, including the Wild later on in the season. That's the way things went. While getting very fortunate there. Of course, we know the hirings and of the coaches and certain guys moving on and such. You also had another highlight that I don't have written down, ultimately, well, low light during the season, where, you you know, if things weren't bad enough, ultimately you had uh, Daryl Sador ultimately get nailed with a, a DUI. Just It just kind of like summed up the season just all over the place and just one bad news thing after another. He had that to deal with as well. Very, very sad, ultimately, for him. Was able to come back and continue coaching during the season, but now he will not return. Luckily, he's replaced by Scott Stevens, so that should not be any type of uh, 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 a downgrade, in my humble opinion. Player highlights and lowlights during the season. Certain individual guys, Charlie Coyle went through an incredible stretch during the season where it appeared he would definitely be the leading scorer for the Wild in the goal department, maybe even the points. I thought there was a point in the season where I thought it would be absolutely insane, just total BS if he didn't get 30 goals for the year. And it was literally right at that point. He never scored scored another goal again in the regular season. He would only get one single goal in the playoffs, including a single assist against the Dallas Stars. But not a single goal again, starting at the beginning of March. I just cannot believe that. And to this day, that that remains a mystery for me. Why Charlie Quayle just completely fell off the map. And under uh, a coach that uh, apparently really, really, you know, really, really had so many other players playing at a high level that were struggling under Mike Yo beforehand. And also other players in, in uh, the Iowa Wild. Guys like Gustav Olsson, really, really, really picking it up down there under Torchetti. Really was really starting to show some signs. And then, of course, the son of a gun can't stay healthy, which is really annoying. But uh, Charlie Coyle making some incredible progress during the season. It's just unfortunate how it just kind of stopped. It just stopped. And I don't know what the hell happened there. Very strange. I don't know if it was some kind of nagging injury that took place or what the deal was, that he hurt his hand some or something like that. Something you can't really see, you know, because they're wearing gloves and they don't talk about it, you know, that type of thing. Could it have been something like that or some kind of, like, ankle injury? Who, who knows? But Charlie Coyle just, I don't know, just no goals the rest of the way. Several weeks, no goals, but luckily got one single goal in that Dallas series, and it was a nice, important one. A guy that really did pick things up under John Torchetti. and it was after a pretty interesting pep talk from the Torch, saying that this guy could be an amazing player if he does this, 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 this. But he said, "You, you know, to Eric Halla could do that. Be an amazing player if you do this, 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 and this." And up always in the doghouse under Mike Yop. Uh, two years ago looked so promising, looked so good under the uh, Chicago against the Chicago Blackhawks and the Colorado Avalanche, really looked like another. Um, Mikhail Granlund, who also was incredibly strong in that Chicago, in that Colorado series and, and good in the in the Chicago series. Holla was the most liable player of that postseason, a lot of us would have said at the time. And it sounded weird. I mean, the seventh round pick and this and that, wow, that's pretty amazing. And then he just completely vanished out the face of the earth the next season. Mike Yeo just th- again throwing him in the doghouse and the kind of same bullcrap this year with a little bit of signs of improvement. You could see something going on. But ultimately, Holla just took off. He finished with a career high of 34 points. 23 of them, including 10 goals, took place in February and March alone. But don't forget, Torchetti didn't take over until February 15th. (laughs) Tells you something. It really does. uh, Just... uh, incredible. I mean, he was the best player on the team the rest of the way there, at least for the most part. Uh, Zucker, non-existent all season. I mean, I don't even know who he is. And he could go to the Las Vegas Black Knights as far as the rest of us are concerned, couldn't he? Uh, Just an incredible struggle. 71 games, only 13 goals, 23 points in the season. Sounds like one of those expansion type of guys, doesn't he? He really does. Like, oh, okay, let's give him a shot. This young guy didn't do so much here. He had a little promise there. Kind of like the type of guys the Wild picked up when they were an expansion team. He just kind of seems like that kind of guy at this stage, and that may end up where he's going. Scandella only 21 points on the year. Had the death of his father, and that's one of the things out there. Matt Dumba finished with 26 points on the season in 81 games, able to stay healthy, 10 goals, 16 assists. Dumba showing a lot of promise. Had some strong stretches, stretches, quiet stretches, strong stretches, quiet stretches. A streaky guy, ultimately. As far as I'm concerned, Vanek was streaky as well, but really strong early in the year. He had like 20-some points in November, ended up finishing with 41, and ultimately the good news is when he went up with only 71 games in the season, yeah, he he had some injuries here and there, but ultimately he was finally scratched. Like somebody finally had the nuts to scratch this son of a biscuit, including into the postseason. As Thomas Vanek shows no life, no nothing out there. Even again, a very strong start and showing signs that he could score goals at big times and such. But uh, just no energy, no speed, nothing. Just too slow, doesn't fit in. If you really want to succeed out there, you need some speed. And that was the Wilds' vision, ultimately, under Chuck Fletcher. Pittsburgh Penguins, he was the assistant GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. How did the Penguins defeat the San Jose Sharks? Well, they were faster than them, for one. They were getting to the puck quicker. Thomas Vanek does not get to the puck quicker. In fact, he's often, like, holding the bag, you know? Just not cool, not cool at all. Uh, guys that were just Ironmen for this roster, well, several of them. Miko Koivu played the whole season, ended up leading the Wild in scoring, which deserves a bit of a hand, even though, you know, he had a strong start to the season, but ultimately, you know, he he wasn't anything spectacular. This is not the guy who should be leading your team in scoring. 56 points is good, but there should be somebody else. Go ahead. We'll take the 56, Miko. Fantastic. Great passing, showing some really nice signs during this season. Showed some resurgence this year compared to the last two years or so. Uh, very, very impressed with the season of Miko Koivu, but again, he should be a second line center, maybe even a third, maybe even a third, uh, because he's not quick at all. Um, somebody else should have like 70, 80 points leading the way. Koivu should be like your fourth, fifth leading scorer, and we'll take the 56, uh, 10 out of 10 times a lot of Miko Kwaibu. Thank you for that, though, at the end of the day. Just shows Fletcher and Co. missing out on some guys out there over the course of time like the Vladimir Tarasenko's and many others. Oh, man. It would be nice. It really would be nice. Mikhail Granlin's another guy that was just terrible, terrible for the longest time. And then again, Torchetti takes over, winds up with 44 points in the season. A career high, barely, but still a career high. 82 games. Iron Man. Ryan Suter, 82 games. Coil, 82 games. Nita Ryder, 82 games. Very strong. And like I said earlier, Dumba, 81 games. Only one game he was out there. He He was out of the lineup. Very strong overall. So, a lot of guys staying healthy and other guys not. Uh Parisi with issues during the course of the season. Again, a uh, a back issue that's definitely reared its ugly head. We didn't even see him in the playoffs. That was a heartbreaker. Uh Ended up leading the team in goal scoring because Coyle completely stopped scoring and Vanek ended up... uh No, not Vanek. Just just Coyle was second place. Well, I'm looking at his assists, That's funny. But, um, Vanek is a hell of a passer. I'm not going to deny that. He makes some beautiful passes, but, um... Uh... Parisi strong when he was available, had multiple hat tricks during the season, but again, the bad attitude and of course a back injury, it does show you why he struggled as mightily as he did for a long, long, long time. <laughs> in the in the middle part of the season, right around when Mr. Mike Yell got fired and the team was just, you know, horrendous. Three twelve and one. I mean you 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 can't do that. You just can't do that and expect to go anywhere. Garbage. Uh, I feel bad for Mike Yo, but it is what it is, and now he has a chance to coach the St. Louis Blues in a year. Well, there you go. There you go, as people like to say. <laughs> oh, Spurgeon with a career-high 29 points on the season. So consistent, so viable, so strong. All season, best defenseman on the roster, without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. Nobody's come talking about Ryan Suter as the best defenseman anymore. Highest paid, biggest name, yes. Best defenseman, Jared Spurgeon. Uh, Do you want to use him as trade bait in the summer to get Ryan Nugent Hopkins? I don't know, but I'd sure like the Wild to get Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I sure would. I mean, he'd be right at the top of my list, including other hockey shows in town. Would definitely say the same thing. That's the guy to get right now. Um, But again, that's previewing segment number two. We're going to talk about the Nugent Hopkins and others, including the draft picks that the Wild were able to get in the 2016 draft. Very cool. Very nice. Very fun talk about that later uh, another thing we saw Mike Riley uh, one of the defensive into the future that can help you know make that can help give the wild you know ability to make a trade some chips in a trade maybe you trade Mike Riley or obviously he replaces a uh, he can uh Take on the ice time of a Matt Dumba, of a Marco Scandella, of a Jonas Brodin. Whoever you make the move on, I'm in agreement with a lot of the local guys, including Mr. Uh, Lou Nanny, that do not want to trade Jonas Brodin. Um, only seven points in the season, like non-existent. I don't know why his point totals are down. Cause he he's been a 20 point guy. 20 points isn't dominant, but it's it's solid. Seven points. I mean, that's like that's like Ladislav Benesik level. I mean, what the hell? Complete complete uh, invis- invisibility on the offensive side from uh, Jonas Brodeen. I mean, I remember when he scored a goal in the playoffs. He couldn't believe it. Oh, my God. Jonas Brodeen just scored. It's like a miracle. Wow. Chris Porter, you know, the uh, uh, twin of Chris Porter, too, our buddy that we had a huge shout-out for in the last episode. Chris Porter was okay out there. But Ryan Carter's a better player. You know, stuff like that. I mean, I'm bouncing all over the place. I apologize. But um, I don't even know what I'm getting to anymore. I'm driving myself crazy. But yeah, Jonas Rodine is the type of guy, you don't really want to trade because he's still, I mean, you think he's got the better future than a Mike Riley or such, or even a, uh, you know, even a Dumba. I mean, he's, he's a legitimate defense. And I do think his point totals will come up under Bruce Boudreaux. Or should I just say Boudreaux? Maybe I should just say under Boudreaux. Then I could stop screwing that up, right? That'd be nice. Um, but yeah, there you go. Uh, off-season stuff. Who else do we talk about? We'll talk about Jason Zucker. No, I just talked about him. Just terrible. Had a few minor flashes here and there with that speed and such. But overall, no confidence. Couldn't even hang on to that bleeping puck about 90% of the time. Just imagine him in the in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, I'm sure he'd be he'd be really lighting up the lamps in that one. He wouldn't even see the puck. It would be gone. It'd be gone. Jason Pominville, another guy who couldn't probably keep up with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but my God, did he have a resurgence under Jean Torchetti? Jean, John Torchetti, uh, it was just horrible. He, he looked like he's done, hooked, cooked, hooked, cooked, whatever you want to call him. Finished. Put the fork in the put put the fork in him. Stick a fork in Jason Pominville. He can't play. Oh, by the way, there's three more years on his contract, so you can't buy him out either. So what are you going to do? Scratch him for four years? Oh, goody. At least, yeah, under John Torchetti, all of a sudden he looked like Jason Pominville again. Like the guy who could get 20, 25 goals. Maybe not 30, but 20 to 25 goals. He looked like that guy again. It was pretty cool. Thing of beauty. Even led the Wild in scoring in the postseason. Wow. Yeah, he led the Wild in scoring in the postseason. Seven, yeah, just just let that sink in. Seven points, four goals, three assists for Jason Pominville. The good Jason, I guess, at this point. He's back to being the good Jason of the two, which is kind of funny. Not that long ago, you'd have thought he's the bad Jason, but he's the good one. So there you go, there you go, there you go. It's really cool, really exciting, ultimately, for the Wild in that category. Nice resurgence. He was great in the Chicago Blackhawks game, and he was really strong. Had a concussion at one point, but then came back. And after just kind of getting it back together again, Jason Pominville ended up getting his bearings and was... Really, really, really good out there after that. Uh, Really good in the postseason. Very valuable. Uh, Koivu had the best postseason of his career. Five points, three goals, including the huge Game 5 winner in overtime in Dallas. A huge one. But can we count on him in the future, really? Um, I don't know. Uh, He finally had a good postseason. It took him most of his career to get there. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I don't understand why this kind of thing happens as much as it does. But Coy ultimately finally looked like a valuable, you know, really valuable guy again out there like he did earlier in his career. But that was back when the wild. We weren't making the playoffs or the son of a gun was out with some type of injury. Be it a freak injury because somebody broke his leg. Or, uh, or uh, why am I forgetting the guy's name on Vancouver that did it? But yeah, it was a very nasty slash with a stick, of course. Or just other injuries over the course of other seasons in the past. Doesn't really matter now other than just, you just couldn't count on him regardless. Could he stay healthy or could he, or was he consistent? It was always up and down with with Cuervo. Just bipolar play out there. Not ripping anybody that may have bipolar issues. <laughs> wouldn't be very nice would it? Oh man, no it really wouldn't actually. Uh, Fontaine, not sure. Carter, not sure what's going to happen with those guys. Carter, I wouldn't mind keeping. A lot of people like him. 7 goals, 12 points overall. In 60 games. Not bad for such very limited ice time. Jared Stoll, um, happy trails. Can't play. Too slow. Jared Slow. I mean, Gerald Stahl. Jared Stahl, Jared Slow, whatever. Uh, he's done. Will you see Gustav Woolison show up for the Wild? Will you see Brett Balmer? I don't think Brett Ballmer's ever going to be in the NHL. Tyler Graevok, hopefully he emerges. Zach Dalp, who even got some ice time in the playoffs, had a goal very late in the season, the final two games. Zach Bleep and Dalp scored a goal against the Sharks. Nate Crosser signed through next season. Ah, oh, boy. 53, 53 games, three assists. There's your Ladislav Menesic right there. Yay. Yay, Ladislav Benesic. Do mm. you remember that name, guys? Do you remember? Yeah, he never scored ever. Like ever. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean and it's just it's not like you have to score or anything. He's a defenseman for one, but at the same time, mm, I don't know. I mean he's not even that great of a defenseman either. He's just an average defense defenseman. A little grit here and there, which you appreciate. Seems to always get in a fight when he does play, which is kind of funny. But um I don't know. Uh I don't know. You think you can do a little better. I mean, God bless him. He's from Elk River. God bless him. I don't hate you at all, Nate Prosser. And there was even a time I thought he was one of the positive little surprises on the roster. But now, I don't know. The expectations are higher, and they've been higher. So mm, I'm a little irritated with that, a little. Uh, So shall we jump into the Brave the Wild yearly awards and demerits? It is time. Should we do the drum roll? Should we do a drum roll? Maybe, you know, I really need to get uh, a soundbite for that. I don't know. I, I don't know why I've held off on that for the years. So maybe I'll get that in there one of these days. I'm not going to start with the MVP this time because it just kind of spoils it for the rest of the way. Let's start with the the uh, biggest disappointment of the year since there's always a big group. No, there's not always a big group, but this year has a lot going on. The biggest disappointment of the year. Okay, that was terrible. Jason Zucker. Are you surprised? Well, you shouldn't be. Jason Zucker was uh, a Jason sucker out there to be quite fair. Not trying to be entertaining, not trying to be a dork about it. He sucked. <laughs> Can I be honest? Please? Just let me be honest, okay? Don't don't chop my head off, okay? Especially when I mention the other honorable mentions. Marco Scandella was not good. He's an honorable mention. He was not good. He just wasn't, you know, I mean, okay, 21 points, 73 games, defense wasn't so good, getting beat a lot, the offense is down, the defense is down, had kind of mentally checked out a bit here and there. You kind of understand why a bit, but it still does. I mean, you grade the players on performance, and the performance wasn't good in far in terms of Marco Scandella. My expectations were higher under Marco Scandella. Another guy, expectations were significantly higher than they were when you first got the guy via trade for a third-round pick, which is, you know... Not the worst trade ever, uh, considering what he helped you do last season. He was your Madison Bum, uh, the season before anyway, the Madison bum Gardner type of goalie. <laughs> he was like a Madison bum Gardner was for the uh, San Francisco Giants as a pitcher. And as our goalie Dubnik led us to a lot of uh, wonderful games. But last season, not the same guy at all. I mean, terrible. Or terrible for what, what you saw. I mean, he had some wonderful games. He had five shutouts on the season. He had some good stretches. But 2.33 goals against average it's not going to get it done. Some of those shots that just went right over his shoulder, right past his glove, just not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. Slow, couldn't keep up. You change directions. You go from one side to the other, and the puck would go right past him. And it was a heartbreaker. Darcy Kemper, the king of inconsistency, 2.43 goals against average. Save percentage, slightly lower. 91.8 for Devin and 91.5 for Darcy. Almost the same in that sense. 2 shutouts, including a wonderful shot-out against the LA Kings. Second time in three years Darcy Kemper looked like he was going to save the Wild, but unfortunately wasn't the case for Mike Yeo as the Wild started losing again not long after that wonderful victory in Los Angeles. The the King killer Kemper, but let's try not to use the uh, abbreviation for that one. I really better be careful with that. Uh, I did not mean to do that. Trust me, <laughs> but he is uh, Darcy the King Killer DKK. There we go. That might be a little better. Apologize. There's no going to be abbrevi- there's going to be no abbreviations. But uh, Kemper was uh, inconsistent with, to without a doubt. I think Dubnik was in there way too much though, and that doesn't help. Sixty seven uh, games. Sixty seven games. Sixty six of them started. One of them, obviously, had to replace Mr. Kemper out there. Five cases where Darcy had to come in to replace Devin because he was getting shelled out there. Only 16 starts in the season for Darcy Kemper. That's pretty low. If he's back, if he's back, and odds are he's not going to be back. Sounds like he might be a trade ship in the off season and maybe go after the former Sharks uh, backup goalie, who's, who's uh, local here. Talk about him in the second segment if I get to it. If I get to it. Um, but, uh, Kemper, when he's on, he's wonderful. When he's not on, there's nobody in that. It's just like, just put the puck on that, and you're probably going to score at some point. Just throw the puck on that. Darcy's going to miss it because he's because he's just he's not having a good night. Disappointing, both of them were not as good as they should be. And there were times where it's like, wow, we are really set at goalie because you don't have to count on Kemper. And when you don't have to count on him, he's so good. When you don't have to count on him, he's just awesome with no pressure on but then he'd have these horse bleep games, and it's like, whatever. Kind of Josh Harding-like when Harding had some bad st- stretches, but when he was good, he was freaking awesome. And then I, finally when Josh Harding looked, he was going to be a starting goalie. Uh, the MS flares up, and it's adios, amigo. Damn it. That would have been awesome if you, went, if you had Josh Harding in there playing up to the potential he had, and then Darcy could be the backup. And maybe the goalie of the future, depending on how strong he could become mentally. Uh, but Dubnik, yes. Yeah. See, this is a huge topic. Huge topic, isn't it? Because the goalie helps you win Stanley Cups, doesn't it? Doesn't he? Did Matt Murray help the Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup or didn't he? Would Fleury, Mr. like the higher paid version of Darcy Kemper? Mark Andre Fleury, did would he would he would the Penguins have won the cup if marc Andre Fleury was in the net? Would would they have won the cup? No. There's no way the Penguins would have won the Stanley Cup. Matt Murray was the difference maker for that team and if only the Wild, one of those prospects out there, maybe it's Kaipo or somebody else, we'll talk about that again in the second segment, uh, possibly, because I'm mostly just focusing on the season here, but if Kaipo or some other prospect in the Wild systems, locally or overseas, can uh, step up and be that Matt Murray for this franchise, that would be an unbelievable fortune for this club. Then we could start hoping for a Stanley Cup championship, unless Devin Dubny could be something closer, significantly closer to the guy that really gave us a hell of a lot of hope. It was a wonderful thing. And like all good things, it came to an end, unfortunately. <laughs> to quote a Star Trek, A amazing Star Trek uh, dual episode to wrap up the Next Generation series. <laughs> <laughs> all good things came to an end in that case too, didn't they? Mm. So, lots of uh, disappointment for the season. One other thing, obviously, Suter and Parisi, horrible attitudes during the season. Quit on Mike Yo. Bad, bullcrap conversation, like, oh, that's up to the management. Uh, I'm not going to comment on that, blah, 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 blah. You know, I understand if you don't like your coach, but you're kind of, I I, I, I I, don't know. I mean, it's like, it was really eye-opening for a lot of Wild fans in this town that saw Zach Parisi the way we did, the, the the gritty guy who gave everything, everything. And he doesn't have to love his coach. But you didn't see the guy that gave everything. Now, there's more of an excuse for him with the back, but there's no excuse with the whole uh, behind-the-back backbiting situation that did cause a huge disconnect in the locker room and between players and coaches and certain players, uh, young and old, in the locker room. The younger versus the, versus the slightly older in the locker room. Parisian and created that disconnect, and it was not good at all. Certain players that deserved power play time did not get it and the Parisians and suitors just stood there and blocked the way for some other young guys like the Dumbas like the Granlins, to get on that bleeping power play the Pominvilles as well blocking the way you're not seeing Eric Riley on the power play you're not seeing Matt Dumba on the power player Scandella I don't know if he deserved it this year but you get the idea (laughs) long term maybe you might want him in there a little bit but Dumba for sure here and there even though it's a slight risk slight risk um Suter does not have a rocket shot. Dumba's got a better shot than Suter. A hell of a lot better shot. It's good to have a little fire from the point in the power play, and you don't, when you don't have it from your defense and you're not going to get a whole lot of power play goals. You're just not going to do it. So Suter and Parisi, huge honorable mentions for the disappointment. See, Zucker, it's like there isn't a whole lot to say. He just stunk. That's all. But the other guys, it kind of got me going for the longest period of time. You could tell just a little frustrated with what took place here. Just a little bit. I mean, do you blame me? Am I a wild fan? Am I des- do I deserve to be a wild fan? I only remember. So, so I only remember like just about every freaking fingernail of information that's taken place with this wild franchise since they started. I remember the handshake trade with the San Jose Sharks that the Wild wouldn't take uh, one of their prospects, so they gave us Andy Sutton. I remember that detail. Yeah, I do. I don't remember every single name in terms of like some of the players we didn't get from the Sharks. I don't remember that because that's kind of, I don't even know if the player uh, went on to succeed or not. That's a detail I maybe I wish I somehow saved that in my my memory banks, but uh, you get the idea. So, yes, I'm a Wild fan, okay? I'm a Wild fan. I remember Eric Wrights very well. I remember. (laughs) I I do. The guy who sat in that. uh, in the, in the Houston Arrows for the longest time. I was so excited to finally have him come up to the Wild along with Clayton Stoner. Watched him forever down there. Kept track of him. They're finally up at the Wild and they only st- stuck around for only a year. Uh, Stoner having a much stronger career though. Uh, so far with the Anaheim Ducks and even including uh, joined in when the Mike Yo was trashing. <laughs> it's like Zenin Kanopka. Kanopka ended up being right even though we all made fun of him here in town locally. Yo's gotta go yo's gotta go biggest surprise so we get on to the next topic here Oh whew. this is a fun show man I'm having a blast how are you how are you doing How are you doing please tell your friends about this show okay Make, give all of your hockey fans get get this show State of the wild 2016 get this to your friends out there that love the wild and love this and love the NHL please. Please pass this on to your friends. I'm telling you, this is a worthwhile show to listen to. I'm telling you, particularly this episode. I mean, this is just so much fun. The surprise for the season. Well, should I give the honorable mention first? Uh, The honorable mention will go first. That's Yo finally being fired. It was a surprise. They finally had the balls to do it. You never thought they were going to do it. The way it was going, it's like, oh, he always kind of comes through miraculously. And oh, what a miracle. We're back ready to roll again. But uh, they finally did it on Fab 13. It was a bad luck day for Mike Yo. But ultimately the surprise, the guy who emerged so beautifully. You knew the kid had talent, but when the right coach came in and told him what to do, and the kid listened, look at him. Look look at Eric Hala. Look at Eric Hala, Former Gover, seventh-round pick. Amazing season. Beautiful, wonderful, positive surprise for this team. And I gotta hope and pray and believe that under Mr. Boudreaux, Mr. Halla will continue to succeed and continue to develop. Might even be a second-line center at some point in his career, but he'll make a hell of a third-liner, won't he? Penalty kill as well. Penalty kill, maybe even, maybe even tiny stretches on the power play if his scoring continues to uh, to rise up. But he is definitely a penalty kill type of center at the bare minimum on those special teams. Maybe he could get you that, that little short-handed, a little shorty, because he did get one earlier in the season, didn't he? Yes, he did. So, the MVP, the most valuable player, the guy who was the most consistent, the guy who was the strongest overall player, the guy you don't hear about all the time. You hear his name regularly, but you don't put stars next to his name. You don't put all-star next to his name. You don't put huge, giant contracts, even though he got a nice generous. He got a generous contract. A generously good player on this roster because he's so consistent, so valuable, and a guy... You know, you'd trade him away only if it was a huge, like like a haul. And that guy, the most viable player for the 2016, 2015, 2016 Minnesota Wild, is Edmonton, Alberta native defenseman Jared Spurgeon. He was the most viable player for the Minnesota Wild, according to the Brave the Wild show. And your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awibeson right here, Jared Spurgeon was the most valuable player on this team because when he was missing for that minor five game stretch the Wild took a shit on themselves pardon my french they lost all four games in april and they lost the first uh, the last game of march the last game remember, they went 0 for 5 in that series he was he was missing so bad that series of games anyway he was missing so horrendously from this roster i mean it's like you're crying out to Jared Spurgeon please come back please come back, Jared, we need you so much, and he came back, and the Wild were in better standing, they they didn't win in the postseason, but then again, they did succeed, and he was valuable, he scored, he scored along the way in the postseason, helped the Wild, but not only with the scoring, but more importantly, defensively as well, he can score, he had 29 points in the season, but his defense was outstanding as well. The most available player for the Minnesota Wild is Edmonton, Alberta native Jerry Spurgeon. Is he a a future Edmonton Oiler? Who knows? That was the rumor for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know if the Wild can give him up. (laughs) And you can't trade Mr. Uh, You can't trade Ryan Suter. One final thing. I'm going to wrap this up real quick. One final note. I'm going to wrap it up with this minor rant, I guess locally you hear on shows about how you know you have to when when the expansion draft comes up you got to protect certain players and and leave other players available just because and okay Jason Zucker there you go there's your Las Vegas Black Knight if that's the name and I hope it is and I love some of the renderings out there from people so some of those Black Knight uniforms are just beautiful especially the ones with that castle look on the on the linings I oh, just I mean I really hope that's what it's going to be, if it's anything like that, I'd be freaking blown away. They they might be my second favorite team if that happens. I just love it. Love it. Uh, especially the fact that I love the whole thought of Nevada. Not not Las Vegas with the gambling, but Nevada. Beautiful climate, man. Um, but when you have to leave certain players available, sometimes you're going to leave guys with massive contracts, because why would the Las Vegas Black Knights, or the Atlanta Thrashers, or Minnesota Wilds take the guy on? You know? Remember when the Vancouver Canucks left... Uh, Mark Messier available because he had a huge contract and he's 40 years old, right? Or it's was mostly because he was 40 in that case. But they're saying, oh, you got to protect Koivu Suter, blah blah, 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 you know, this guy, that guy, Parisi, Koivu Suter, Spurgeon. Wait a minute. Koivu Suter? Huh? You got to protect Koivu and Suter? Koivu and Suter? Why? Do you really think the Las Vegas Black Knights would take on that contract? Unless, of course, the guy does return to what he's supposed to be during the season. We'll find out. But if you're seeing the same bull crap, you don't want to give up that contract with this salary cap being as strict and tight as it is. You don't. I mean, it wouldn't kill me. I would love to trade him away, but maybe it's really hard to get players in return. Plus, I don't think the Black Knights would be in a huge hurry to pick up Ryan Suter in in his 30s with that contract. Why would they do that? So, you would risk the thought of letting Matt Dumba go for nothing? Because you're so worried about losing Ryan Suter? I mean, what? How about, what if you lost Eric Holla? Eric Bleepenholic to the Black Knights because you had to protect Miku Koivu. Aw, wouldn't that be just special? Why the hell? What the hell are you talking about? 35-year-old Miku Koivu, you got to protect him? I hope, I pray, I pray to God that what I heard was, (laughs) please tell me, it was just a little mental lapse, like when I kept calling Matt Murray, Andy Murray, that type of thing. Please tell me that just popped out, because sometimes names pop out and you don't mean it, and it's too late, the show's been posted, and you didn't correct yourself, it's too late, and you didn't mean it, and you're like, oh crap, oh my god, please tell me that's what happened, please, please, god help me. <laughs> no logic in that one. No, they're not going to pick up Miko Koivu. unless they're idiots. They're not idiots, I would hope. It's Las Vegas, so maybe they are idiots. But <laughs> if they hire hockey people that know what they're doing, they're not going to take on those contracts and, and, and that age and, and those miles. They're not going to do it, man. Not going to happen. So with that, let's let's take a break. Enjoy the hell out of that segment. Let's take a break and let's uh, get to the draft and free free agency preview. And, of course, fan interaction as well right after this. This is a production of WGBH. The Wild. We're going to talk about the draft a bit and then very briefly talk about free agency and such and ta- get to your comments on the Facebook page for Brave the Wild. To get to the Facebook page in Brave the Wild, it is <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota and you'll also see it in the show description on iTunes or Stitcher or the Sports or Double Twist. So there you go. Kind of a lot of different options there. Also, to get a hold of the show, The call-in line is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, and for those of you outside of the United States, you're more than welcome to call, or to uh, submit a uh, audio, to make an audio submission with your smartphone, use the free voice recorder that's on every smartphone probably that exists on the planet these days, and uh, email it to Paladinolive at Yahoo.com, Paladinolive at Yahoo.com, again, all that information is in the show description. So, sorry, I had to get that out. <laughs> just, to get, just to get you guys a chance to get on the show too, doggone it, right? Well, with the 50 pick in the NHL draft, with uh, Kiefer Bellos available, I'm all excited. Boston Bruins pass on him. The Minnesota Wild take, Luke Kunin. Luke Kunin. Alright, so, no Kiefer Bellows. Um, that's unfortunate in that sense. Though, Luke Kunin is a goal scorer, just like Kaifer Bellows. I mean, I was a fan of the guy. Coming in. I've been thinking about him, you know, coming into this draft. I, it would have been really cool to have Brian's son in here, and he's a goal scorer just like his father was for the North Stars years ago. Lots of fun. But here we are with Luke Koonin who's already played for the Badgers for one season. He's 18 years old. He played as a freshman at 17, and he's already got one year of college under his belt, so his eligibility... To come to the Minnesota Wild will be uh, pretty exciting in a way. Um, or could you say eligibility? His, you know, his timing to come to the Wild could be sooner than some other prospects just going into their freshman year. So even if he goes all the way to senior year, that's three years from now, not four. You get the idea. Maybe he just plays his sophomore year and comes, like Alex Tuck, who is now a member of the Iowa Wild, which we talked about on a previous show. Of course, he's now on the Iowa Wild at the bare minimum, and he'll have a chance to make the Minnesota Wild. Very cool. Very exciting. We have a next. We have another wave coming in anyway to the Iowa Wild. At this point, um, you need to fill the cupboards. The cupboards were bare, so you have four draft picks in this draft. You have no second rounder, no third rounder, no fifth rounder, no sixth rounder, but you have two seventh rounders and you do have that fourth rounder. Yeah, well, at least you have the 15th overall pick, Chester out of Chesterfield, Missouri. That's a real hockey hotbed, huh? Chesterfield, Missouri. But Luke Kunin does have that natural knack to score, and that's the exciting part. Nineteen goals for the University of Wisconsin, who were terrible last year, but you do have Tony Granado coming in to be the coach. And they're very excited about uh, about that in the University of Wisconsin. They've been terrible the past couple of years, but hey, we'll give them a give him a pass on this one, I suppose. As a freshman, Mr. Coonan, young Mr. Coonan, in thirty-four games at twenty at thirty-two points, nineteen of them goals all the way, except for maybe back at uh, St. Louis Triple A Blues under 16, he had t- 68 points, that was way back in 2012-13, yeah, way back in the day, right, he had 68 points in 34 games way back then, but just saying, that's the only time, uh, well, I guess the next year, too, in a, in a, uh, with the US NTDP Juniors, that's the only other time he had less goals than assists in, uh, in a season the under eighteen uh the the under eighteen u s national team twenty seven goals fifteen assists in twenty fourteen fifteen uh similar for the juniors situation he was the captain by the way on all these teams he under eighteen uh captain for that team captain for the juniors very exciting very cool but he had ten goals only four assists in twenty games at the same time during these juniors and such. Then he goes to Wisconsin, 19 goals, 13 assists. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth. Uh, 34 penalty minutes as well with Wisconsin. Pretty, you know, an aggressive player. Ultimately, uh, I'm going to cite the EliteProspects.com for some of the information here. In fact, most of it, we'll say. Um, nobody's a, a draft hockey expert because you can never, you can never really expect what's going to happen. The top three picks, there's a good chance, a good chance, somebody's going to you know, Somebody's going to uh, live up to the hype, be a, be a big-time player in the league. After that, it's a crapshoot in the NHL. You could have the 10th pick in the draft, and they could never play a game in the, in the NHL. They could be A.J. Thielen at the 4th overall pick. Maybe I shouldn't talk about that, but you get the idea. You uh, could be Kalesa, I believe was his name. I see that he's so forgettable. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, one pick after Marion Gabrick way back in 2000. I often refer back to him. Just think about the Columbus Blue Jackets there. Uh, and he was actually that Klesa was projected to come to the Wild. Think about that. But the Islanders took Rick Pietro and, and messed up the the draft uh, dominoes. Luckily for us, and we were able to get Gabrick with the third pick. How he turned out much later is, uh, is up to you how you feel about that. But <laughs> but Klesa was a mediocre goal, uh, a mediocre defenseman. Nick Schultz ability to us old school Wild fans. I go back to the beginning. Nick Schultz, fifteen point kind of guy. Meh. Just a mediocre, slightly above average, uh, an above-average defender, virtually no offense, even though in juniors years had 55-point seasons down there. But just saying how the draft is a complete crapshoot, and Klessa was that. Uh, you have guys like Zach Parisi going 17th, which isn't that low, but it's lower. And he's Zach Parisi, see? And, and this guy right here kind of reminds you of Zach Parisi a bit. Ultimately, uh, he's eleven, just a gritty son of a gun, captain kind of everywhere he goes, he's the captain of the team. Uh, they call him a center. others others call him a winger. So ultimately, we hope he'll be a center. That would be great. We could really use a center of the future here. The Wild are dying for that. Uh, Alex Tuck is a winger as well, left winger. So we hope for the best here. Uh, this guy here is more of a right winger. If he's not a center, uh, ultimately, EliteProspects.com says he's a highly intelligent and offensively gifted forward. Has an eye. Has a keen eye for scoring opportunities and has shown flashes of elite-level finishing capability. Works hard and isn't afraid to battle for puck possession. Good hands and puck skills and has a really accurate release on his shot. Needs needs to work on his explosiveness, ultimately. Something's going crazy here. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Something's, I love pop-ups when you're trying to read. That's really nice. <laughs> Yes, uh, staying in motion with the play and strength behind his shot. All in all, a gifted offensive force with the potential to blossom into a highlight real player. Well, that's extremely that's extremely high praise. You don't usually see that too often in, in wild draft picks. You hear that he's good with this and he's not good with that, but he's got the talent to score and he's got this and that. But when you hear elite level ability and this and that. See, there you go. Somebody who's really good at something, not somebody who's just kind of decent at something. That's where it gets annoying at times, is when somebody's just decent at something. You know, they're just, they're, they're decent at everything, basically. Miko Koiv was decent at everything. He's a good passer, he's good defense, good this, good that, but is he, elite, is he elite, an elite scorer, elite passer? I wouldn't say he's elite at anything. So this guy could be an elite scorer, which is obviously the uh, crutch of the Minnesota Wilds since day one. Just simply score goals. Put the puck in the net. That is the object of the game of hockey. And it's nice to have a guy who's more of a finisher than just a, a giver. It's nice to have givers, you know. It's nice to be giving. It's so, it's so generous and everything. But let's, uh, let's have a guy who's a little bit more willing to, to, ha- to harvest that grain rather than, just, rather than just water it. You know what I mean? To, to end my little anecdotes here, in the fourth round, in the fourth round, the Minnesota Wild take a guy by the name of Brandon Duhem, who can play both wing positions. Yes, more of a physical type of guy. Not the largest guy ever, but big enough. Six foot, 198, 106th overall. And he's going to Providence. Remember that team? Uh, 2014, no, 2015 National Champion, Providence. So there he goes. He's going to Providence freshman year now at this stage. This guy was, where was his, where is his birthday? Doggone it. Oh yeah, he's the same age as, well, he's slightly older actually, believe it or not than Luke Coonan. That's kind of funny. He's actually a year older, well, not really a year older, like a couple months older. Both of these guys born in 97. This guy's from Parkland, Florida, so... God bless America. It's it's almost July 4th, so there you go. God bless America. Back-to-back Americans here. (laughs) He played uh, for the Tri-City Storm. That's the most recent uh, statistics in the USHL. And the Chicago Steel. Gotta love that. These are junior-level hockeys, uh, Merit Centennials and such... Looks like more of a giver than a than a taker, so to speak. Penalty minutes and such, more of a physical guy, and that's kind of what you're probably looking for: meat and potatoes, grind it out, kind of fourth, you know, in the fourth round, and hope for the best. Maybe the guy excels, becomes the next Tiberchuzi, minus the um, you know hit from behind or something that that type of stuff. Hopefully, we can avoid that part, but <laughs> uh, ultimately, definitely not as big as Jordan Greenway, but kind of similar in a sense, where he really racks up the assists. I mean, with, with the Merritt Centennials, I, I like that name, the BCHL. It's only 6 goals, 19 assists in 53 games, 10 goals, 22 assists for the Chicago Steel, and then he even things out, 5-5 five and five with the Tri-City Storm, and there you go. And he performed pretty well in the postseason there. 4 goals, 4 assists with the Tri-City Storm in 11 playoff games. Not bad there, young man. Not bad. Keep it up. So there you go, Florida. Hockey hotbed again, but then again, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning who back-to-back seasons, you know, they've had really strong showings. They they played in the Stanley Cup Finals a year ago. Took it to six games. I really wish they could beat the hated Blackhawks. They Almost grinded out. Almost beat the Penguins. Bitter loss in Game 7 in Pittsburgh in that case. Almost beat those sons of guns, but Pittsburgh was just a little bit, little bit better. Slightly better. Looks like Tampa was the second best team this year, not the San Jose Sharks. As far as I'm concerned, I think either one of them would have beaten the uh, Sharks or the St. Louis Blues in that case. But uh, there you go. Kind of more of a physical guy, more of a giver than a taker, blah, blah, blah. Seems to perform well in the postseason, though, at least early on. He had a nice little postseason run there. We'll see how he does in Providence. See, the good part is about these college guys, they're easier to keep up with than somebody overseas. So with that said, let's go overseas then, right? (laughs) Dmitry Skolov. Sokolov, excuse me, uh, center or winger, kind of can play everything, just like, just like uh, Grand Lennon, I guess. Well, any center can play wing. It's just a matter of you hope a guy can be a natural center. This son of a gun was projected to be pretty good. Uh, he was supposed to be really, really good, actually, coming out of Russia. But then he's got a little bit of a negative uh, knack on him, according to Michael Russo, How just kind of lazy, out of shape, that type of thing, but had the talent to be a top 10 pick. They were looking at him as a top 10, 10 pick, actually, believe it or not, coming into this draft, and then ultimately he slips to the seventh round, 196th overall. The guy had a pretty strong ranking early on, and then here he is. Hopefully, the Wild can get really lucky, I guess. Seventh round picks, I mean, you got Eric Hall on the roster, and he is a legitimate National Hockey League player. And you also have uh, Grayevac as well, Tyler Grayevac, really like him, uh, was the leading scorer for Iowa two years ago, or a year ago, and during this past season, battled the injury bug, came, he was, a, he was a Minnesota Wild fourth line center, and got injured in the first game, and kind of battled the injury bug, came back for a while, uh, stayed back and everything, but wasn't the same guy, that's the unfortunate part, But eventually, later in the season, started to step things up again, get his timing back, and all that good stuff. For the Sudbury Wolves, our good friend, our our new friend here, Dimitri, gotta like him, Sokolov. (laughs) Exciting, kind of an exciting sleeper, hopefully, here in the OHL. Had 30 goals, 22 assists, 52 points total in 68 games. Very busy there for the Sudbury Wolves. We'll see. We'll see. Get him in here. We'll see what happens. He's he's already been playing in the United States, so that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> or at least in North America we'll say. Um Yeah, I mean uh, out of out of Omsk, Russia. Russia, out of out of Russia there, eighteen years old, born in nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen ninety eight. I'm an old timer, aren't I? Man, yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> ninety eight. You get you get you already got your NHL prospects and you knew it was coming sooner or later, but man, my senior year in high school? Man. Wow. You're yeah. I'm getting old, man. (laughs) These guys are young adults, if you can call them that, and here they are. Uh, We'll see. I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see how things turn out with him. Six foot one, ultimately 205 pounds, and yes, the knock on him has been being overweight and that, I don't know, what is it, some kind of like a a, a stereotype that's been bouncing around here lately is the lazy Russian uh, work ethic, I guess. That's unfortunate. We'll hope for the best. And trust me, I'm not I'm not the one jumping on that. It's other people out there. And unfortunately he's been showing whatever it is. He's just not been uh, not been living up to what he was supposed to be to this point. But he put up some nice numbers in Sudbury though, so we'll see what happens. Maybe he can bring that to Iowa and go from there. Two hundred and four, only eight picks later, the Minnesota Wild have another seventh round pick. Another seventh round pick, man. Mm-hmm. That's right. And this one's out of Canada. Saint Albert, Saint Albert, Alberta, Canada. Mm-hmm. 18 years old. Also born in '98. This is the youngest guy on the rooster. No, in the in the prospect uh, deal here, the prospect uh, farm system anyway. Well, mm. you just look at what you're seeing, <laughs> huh? Kelowna Rockets. The Kelowna Rockets. The WHL. A year ago, a year ago, and only they played only two games, didn't do anything. But last year, for the Kelowna Rockets. WHL 45 games 45 games right are, are you ready one goal one assist yeah one one goal and one assist um okay uh right but then again I said the same thing about... Our our good friend, you know, Nita rider who scored a game-winning goal against the uh, Colorado Avalanche and has been very clutch in the playoffs in back-to-back, in, you know, in the back-to-back or three, three years in a row pretty much here for the Wild. Been very strong in the postseason, and he's had some strong seasons up and down. So, we'll see. Uh, Seventh-round pick, though. I mean, you, you just you just hope for the best. I mean, he's past the 200 mark here. The two, oh, he's a 204th guy taken in the draft. But, my God, I mean, that's kind of low numbers. <laughs> Jeez. WHL, I, I mean, I, I understand it's a little tougher, but Jiminy Christmas, mm, that's kind of low. <laughs> but you know what? It happens. It happens. We'll just see what happens there. I don't have a whole lot to say otherwise. It just is what it is. It's not a whole lot to, to work with, though. That's the frustrating part. So let's look at free agency before we jump into some fan interaction. You know, the third ranked, well, he's not really third ranked, but, but the top cap hit from fifteen, sixteen, the third highest guy. Is our old friend Thomas Vanek, who is a free agent now, officially? We talked about it extensively in the past that he would be bought out. He's officially been bought out, or unofficially, officially unofficially been. Yeah, he's officially been bought out. It's six point five million dollar cap hit. It's off the books, so it gives the Wild some flexibility. Ultimately, the Wild will have fourteen million dollars to work with, but of course, you do have to use it a bit on some of our. Current roster members, unfortunately, they'll gobble up a piece of it, and then after that, you need room to make a trade before you can sign somebody. The Wild have been producing, pur- have been pursuing, producing, yeah. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, R N H, who's also been brought up on the message boards by our buddies over there in Australia. We'll get to them in a minute. Um, and Michael Russo also kind of has rebuffed the whole idea of, like, let's not go crazy with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. People call him, like, the, you know, you know the Beyond the Pond and Beyond the Pod, who both don't both don't need a shout-out from me. They don't need my help. I need their help, though. Please give Brave the Wild a shout-out if you could, right? Brandon Molesky. <laughs> oh, Pat Micheletti. Yep, Nate Miller. But Nate Miller's not on the podcast, but, man, that's a competition. What the hell am I doing? I'm just burying myself, aren't I? But, ah. <laughs> Listen to both, man. Come on. Enjoy your hockey fix. No, don't you dare leave Brave the Wild. Um... What was they even getting to? They've been talking about Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a number one center. And Michael Russo does not think he is a number one center. That it's like, he'll get 40, 50 points and get hurt. And that sounds a lot like some of the other guys that have been on the roster for the wild, pretty much since day one. Koivu and um, uh, Granlin to date. Granlin has never really gotten to that 60 point mark. Koivu did have a 70 point season about eight years ago. Yeah. The one year he finally stayed healthy, or you know, or stayed consistent for a bit, he was pretty damn good about eight years ago. But that's not meager Quavo now. I don't know why this, get this garbage keeps. It's like too many issues. I don't know. It wasn't happening before. It's starting to piss me off a little bit. I think it's that thing. Yeah, I'm gonna get rid of it. Uh, but ultimately, um, yeah. I mean, I like brand new Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I personally would like to pursue him, but again, yeah, if it's a potentially, it's a situation where Edmonton's just asking way way too much that it's like you know get then i I, that might be what the holdup is as we've waited post-draft and nothing has happened no trades have happened and it's a salary cap barely going up all that which is frustrating to most people at this stage unfortunately right now it just is what it is as we like to say in the business ultimately when it comes to that so i mean you look at all the other free agents it's like the the defensive side I, i mean i'm I can't believe how old Brian Campbell is already. He's 37 years old. He was the highest uh, guy over there. Mattias Olin is still around. That's the guy that broke Coyvo's leg years ago. 39 years old. Campbell's 37. Guys like that. Lots of old defensive. I mean, you got Willie Mitchell even on here. 39 years old. Dan Boyle, 39 years old. God, it just goes on and on. And yes, the Wild aren't really looking at signing a defenseman at this stage. M- Merrick Zidlicki, 39. My God, you're going to see a lot of guys retire, I think, this year on the defensive side, unfortunately, but you'll hopefully have a nice new wave of players coming in. Cor Corbinian Holzer. Holzer, huh? Uh-oh. On Anaheim. Holzer. That sounds like Mike Holzer. Doesn't it? Hmm. Well, we'll leave that alone. Ultimately, that's on the defensive side. Back on the offensive side where we like to be ultimately. Thomas Vanek. Ooh, he's third. Isn't he? Isn't he? Aren't we proud to think of Thomas Vanek as the third uh, <laughs> ultimate defenseman <laughs> when it comes to the... Or not defensive The third, like, highest salary when it comes to forwards at this stage, you have Brandon. Uh, you have Lucic available, I mean, I, I don't know if the Wild will pursue him or not, Milan Lucic, I almost call him and Steven Stamkos, not going to happen, obviously, so I'm not even thinking about it, Eric Stahl, not going to happen, too expensive, and well, it, it just, you know, the Rangers will probably keep him, a guy that uh, a lot of us have been looking at as a possible fourth liner, third, fourth line type of guy that will help the Wild. Gosh, he got a pretty high cap hit, though, Sam Gagne. Hopefully we can come down from that. I mean, $4.8 million for Sam Gagne? Huh. That's the guy he hopefully can bring in, though. It would be a fourth-line help for the Wild. 16 points on the season, 8 goals, 8 assists. $4.8 Mmm. Mmm. Rutu out there, wow, that's an older guy, 33 a little bit, RJ Umberger, another one, possible fourth line type of guy, definitely have to come down from his salary that he had before, and yeah, I think he knows that, Andrew Ladd is a guy, the Wild maybe will pursue a 46 point guy the past season, with Chicago, ultimately started with Winnipeg, 25 goal, 21 assist season, Louis Erickson is another one, 30 years old as well, do you want to overpay though for a 30 year old, ultimately? And then they drop off David Backus as a guy that's a huge possibility in that area where he's not only going to want a decent amount of money, he's going to want term. Can we get a hometown discount out of David Backus? I'm not sure. And you look at his numbers, it's just Miko Koivu. Really. I mean, you know. Um, and he wasn't that good in the playoffs. In fact, I barely even knew he was there. Did you notice David Backus in the playoffs that much? No. It was more like the Browners and, and such guys like that out there. So... I don't know. Um, I I really don't know what to say, ultimately, on that one. Let's get Alex Tenge. Uh, he's 36 now. Remember we were after him years ago. I don't know. Kind of old now. I'm not really worried about that unless he wants to be on the bottom lines. He's got to be better than Jared Stoll, though. All Bottom line, all these fourth liners have got to be better than Jared Stoll. It was like he was on the fourth line, what, What three-fourths of the season, and he got, like, three goals and, like, three assists. Uh, yay. You know, uh And his defense wasn't that good either. I mean, he was okay. He was physical to a point, but he was nothing special, ultimately, for the Wild. Didn't really impress anybody. Steve Ott's available. Go get him. Go get him, baby. I I don't know. I don't know if he'll be in the league much longer. We'll just have to wait and see with that one. Duren Helm is a guy that has been mentioned out of Detroit. We'll see what happens. 2.1 million last season with Detroit. 13 goals and 13 assists. So they're good. Fourth liner numbers. 29 years old. These are all these names brought up. Uh, we'll see. Chris Stewart's available too. <laughs> maybe. I mean, you know what? Third, fourth liner for a reasonable salary. Why not? You, you don't have to give up a second round pick for him this time. Oh, wait. Maybe I won't go there. But well, maybe we don't have to, though. Kyle Posto, his money's going to go way up. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like I'm afraid to even mention him. He's going to want a ton of money. I mean, you know, the hometown discount thing. I don't know. You can't really count on that happening. He's 28. That's the good part. He's not 32. So you got a four-year difference there versus a lot of the other free agents. Even a two-year difference in the 30-year-old guys. Yeah, I mean, I know it's like beyond, it's like preschool math. But it's not the math that counts. It's the years. You know, even when you're buying a car and such, <laughs> some of these guys, when they get to 30 years old, they tend to drop off a lot, and I mean a lot. Uh, you know, you might get, you might get, you might be good in certain areas, you might last in certain areas, and other areas, there's a big drop off. Be it defensively, be it speed, be it skating, be it whatever it is. Just uh, some of them, they just drop off. Skating is a big thing ultimately, where guys drop off. Um, Thomas Vanek, he never was a spectacular skater, but it's like, oh boy, he really dropped off in a lot of ways, even though he had some magical moments. Jason Commonville, same thing, and we're still stuck with him for three more seasons. You know, it's one thing you could buy out Thomas Vanek in his final year, which is, you know, I mean, it's easy, easier for us to write a, write a um, Leopold's checkbook for him but um, <laughs> on that one, but still, it's much easier than case in when you got three years remaining and the guy's getting paid about five, six million a year, about five million a year or so. Insane. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. So, we're kind of stuck with him, like it or not. Like it or not, we're stuck with that son of a gun. So, let's hope for the best with that one, ultimately. So, with that, let's look to wrap up the show with the fan interaction on the Facebook page. I already mentioned where it is, but I'll say one more time. Facebook.com forward slash BraveTheWild.Minnesota There you go. Ultimately, for Twitter, it is at BraveTheWild. Yes. At BraveTheWild. Very simple stuff. So let's rock and roll here. Uh, we'll continue like we always do, where the last show was posted. I had a comment on there, and I just... Oh, I was just mentioning Chris Porter to check it out, because it's Chris Porter Final. You know, huge, giant shout-out to him. He has two favorite teams in the finals, and he's the most loyal, old, uh, and, the, and the longest... Uh, um, Listener to Brave the Wild. Really appreciate him. Longest listener that I know about, anyway. Uh, I was talking about how it's time for State of the Wild and list out your awards and demerits for the season. Benny Russell out of Australia. Says the most viable player is Coyle. Probably the most consistent all year, even with the slight slump. Yep. Disappointment, Zucker. Last year was full of hope. Yes, sir. Could score. This year just seemed out of place a little. Getting frustrated and couldn't get the puck in the net. And it seemed like any defense knows his game plan speed and closed gaps and gave him very little space. Yeah, because when it's like a straight line speed, it's easier to defend. Yeah, Wes Walls talked about that extensively. That's why Mike Modano never really blew up, did he? Did He He never had a 100-point season once. And I remember back in the day when the North Stars were still here and Mike Medano was the franchise player and all that. They're like, oh, is this the year Mike Madano's going to get a 100-point season? And he never did. Look at his numbers, folks. That's why when I talk about Mike Madonna was a number one overall pick, is he really as great as he is and he's a leading scorer in the history of American hockey players and all that. You wish Prezi could catch him, but I don't know. I don't know if he's going to stay healthy long enough for that, but we'll see. Um, but the leading scorer in the history of uh, American NHLers and all that. But was he ever really like a number one pick? Crosby, Malkin. Was he ever like that? Does Connor McDavid... Is probably going to have a better career than Mike Modano. I'm sorry, he probably is, isn't he? Wouldn't you say, uh, Alex Ovechkin? You know, God bless him. You, you might drive him. You might. He, he might drive you crazy and such in the playoffs. But he puts up numbers that are insane. Mario Lemieux, Gretzky. You know, simple ones there. You know, those are a little different. But they were number one overall picks. You know, number one, you can't argue with that. Did Mike Modano live up to number one overall pick? I don't think so. Um, but. Uh, I guess he's the best player from that draft. That type of thing. I guess he was the number one overall pick from that draft, but he's not the classic number one overall pick, and you wish he was. Damn it. You wish the North Stars could have gotten that super-duper star who could get 100-point seasons and such. There's multiple guys in the NHL that can do it. Even Patrick Kane can do it now. Patrick Kane is, I think, a better player than Mike Modano was in his day. So there I go. I'm probably going to offend everybody listening. <laughs> but then again, Mike Madonna only played a couple years with the North Stars, didn't he? So... I don't know. Patrick Kane is probably a better... Po- yeah, I mean, whatever. Let's just move on. I'm going to drive everybody crazy. Uh, <laughs> surprise that we actually made the playoffs, even though I don't think we should have from our January play and last seven games of the year. Yeah, we sucked so bad at the end, too. Glad we didn't sign Torch and got a new got new assistant coaches. A fresh look, I think, will help us. Yeah, I agree, Benny, and really, it's been really a pleasure meeting Benny during the course of this season. I, I think he kind of jumped in semi-late in the year. I believe, but just saying, you know, it's just, it's nice, so nice to have involvement from those of you out there, and it's cool to know there's Australians listening to this show, uh, there's another one also out there, I don't think he posted at this point, but really been really a pleasure to meet Benny, really cool guy, and keep posting, please never stop, please never stop posting on Brave the Wild, <laughs> I, I mean, I, call call in sometime if you can do I mean, you're more than welcome to do that with the, uh, the whole audio submission that I talked about earlier. Uh, NHL salary cap set at 73 million for 2016, 17, only 1.5 million up from 15, 16. Got a comment on there from Benny Russell says better than down, I suppose. And yeah, I mean, it's, at least it didn't go down. The NBA is going way too high though. And you know what's going to happen there. It'd be like David, like if the NHL did that, it'd be like David Backus just signed for 18 million a year, you know? So it's okay. We got all this extra cap space. So 18 million a year for David Backus. (laughs) <laughs> That's real smart, real freaking smart, you know. That's what it would be cause, well, hey, well, you know, we're fifty million under the cap, so whatever, you know. That's why people think don't do that. I'm afraid the NBA is gonna. I think that I'm afraid you're going to be hearing about some ridiculous contracts in the NBA, and you're going to be hearing about yet another lockout. And unfortunately, the NHL seems to know the know to be very well acquainted with lockouts as well. The last several uh, collective bargain agreements, they never seem to come to the agreement before it's time to, you know, like. Walk away from the table and be dicks about it for six months. Woohoo! The Wild bought out uh, <clears throat> Thomas Vanik. Nobody commented on that, but people clicked like. David Patterson and others. David Patterson's been nice meeting him as well. Doesn't say much, but <laughs> nice guy out there. I think you listen to it. Hi- Hello, David. Nice to, nice to meet you as well this past year. Really been a pleasure. Brave the Wild is. Do you, re- do you realize this? Brave the Wild's going to turn eight years old this, this August. As weird as that sounds, eight years of Brave the Wild. Isn't that strange? And how this show's kind of had some in-and-out moments and such. And yet here it is, episode number 125. It's had some stretches where there weren't shows that often, but I'm trying to be much, much better about it. That's why I'm recording State of the Wild right now at the end of June. I mean, it's like, why not? Uh, last year I was decent about it. I got it out in July. That's not too bad. Or other years, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I better get the State of the Wild and do the season preview in the same week, like September, October. <laughs> like November. Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, I posted about Mr... <clears throat> posted about Mr. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, mostly likes there, yep, likes at 90, yeah, like a good number of people saw it, Tom Krause and others liking it, Nigel, Nigel Richie and Chance Kostik, there you go, brother, brother-in-law brother from my brother, <laughs> brother-in-law from my brother, in terms of his, my brother married his sister, not something else, so there you go, uh, visitor post, anything new from the visitor posts, uh, no, but thank you, thanks to those of you that have done it over the course of time, please do post as much as you can. Those of you out there that do listen to the show and are willing to, please give a nice positive ratings on iTunes for Brave the Wild. I'm begging you here, please help me out. Would be greatly appreciated. Then again, I do believe I did get one from Australia recently. I think, I don't remember. Uh, I know Vince did a while ago. I know he did a while ago for Brave the Wild. I should check right now. And yeah, I know this is on the fly. It might be kind of gorilla a little bit, so I apologize if it's a little bit gorilla recording here, but it is what it is, um, I I swear I saw something, uh, I know Vince did a while ago, and I'd greatly appreciate it, because he's also from Australia, extremely, just one of my best buddies out there, man, I mean, just love that guy, uh, and I mean that sincerely when I say one of my best, one of my best friends, I mean that sincerely, like, he could live here, he could live there, it doesn't matter, (laughs) you know, like, legitimately, one of my, one of my better friends, uh, see if I can get something to pop up here. I gotta click first. Because you gotta... What I hate about iTunes, in order to view reviews from other countries, you have to, like, switch your iTunes to that country. That is ridiculous. Why can't it just show Vince Germano or, or, or whoever. Australia. Uh you know, Jacques Lemaire, Canada, why, why can't it show that, I know he, oh, no, that, no, but it's just Dean Barr, which is Vince Germato. he says, Joey tells it like it is, cool show, won't find a more passionate wild fan anywhere, I never actually officially read this on the air, he posted this a while ago, I thought there was another one, but nope, not yet, so those of you out, <laughs> please do help me out, it'd be greatly appreciated, and you Americans out there, please help me out as well, dog it, I need some, need some love out there, there are a few trolls, a couple of years ago, they just made my just just made the made the ratings look crappy, and it pissed me off. And it would piss you off too, so don't blame me there for getting mad. So let's just wrap things up here. I don't know where the Canadians are. Damn it, help me out, guys, please. It's you know, come on, give me some love. <laughs> okay, I'm not that desperate. Trust me, I'm not. But it's a great help. It it just encourages other listeners to listen to the show. Help out on uh, Stitcher as well. Thanks again for listening. Tell your friends about the show. It's always nice as well. Post on the Facebook page. Tweet me. I brave the wild. And all that good stuff. Thank you again so much for everything. It's been a pleasure to do this show. And we'll be back probably not too long from now. Maybe in a couple weeks or so to talk about free agency because it's going to get real interesting in the next two to three weeks here. <music>